Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet lawyer and social justice advocate Brian Stevenson, teacher and novelist Tori Maldonado, and former CBS News producer and reporter Heather Juan Tesserero. Hear how these authors are redefining what it means to be a superhero. Whether it's by standing up for America's youth in underrepresented communities, writing stories that speak to the superhero in all young people, or introducing us to a superhero science teacher and his awe-inspiring students. Plus, discover how one author would use a time machine to find one of his dream narrators. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Brian Stevenson, and I'm the author of Just Mercy, a story of justice and redemption. I wrote this book because after practicing law for 25 years, it was clear to me that most people don't understand the desperate need we have for criminal justice reform in this country. I saw over-incarceration, excessive punishment, abuse of power in our criminal courts, in our jails and prisons. And I just believe that if other people saw what I see, they would want something to change, something to happen. So I tried to narrate as best I could the world that I occupy, the places I go, the people I've met. And the experience was really cathartic for me. I've met extraordinary people who have been condemned, unfairly sentenced, harshly treated. And yet, some of these same people have been incredible voices of hope, redemption, restoration. And I wanted the world to know more about them, more about their struggle, and more about our obligation to do better to provide justice to people in this country. After the release of Just Mercy, I felt really strongly that young people needed to know more about these issues. One in three black male babies born in this country is expected to go to jail or prison. Younger and younger children are being swallowed up by our criminal justice system. The statistic is that for kids of color, 70% who don't graduate from high school will end up in jails and prisons. And we don't talk about these issues. So I really wanted to make the problems of mass incarceration, of excessive punishment, of unfair judgment accessible to younger readers. And I'm really thrilled to be producing an adaptation of the book for young readers. And I hope young readers will have an opportunity to get answers to some of the questions that I know many of them have. Recording the audiobook in one word is intense. And it's intense because it requires a lot of concentration. In my work, in my career, rarely am I in the same place for multiple days doing the same thing. The nature of my job, the nature of my work keeps me moving all the time. And so you would think this would be the opposite of what I typically do, but there's something really necessary about focusing, about concentrating that can be pretty intense. It's very engaging. It's very gratifying, but it is intense. I never heard an audiobook before I recorded my first one, and since that time I've become a real fan of listening to authors tell their stories in a direct way. I do think it creates a kind of intimacy that can make the experience even more meaningful, even more impactful for listeners. You know, the difference between narration and what I typically do is that I do typically tell a lot of stories, I give a lot of speeches, Narration is different. You get to read the words. They're scripted for you. And it means you can focus on the words with a little bit more attention, with a little bit more care. Speaking extemporaneously, you're just trying to get out an idea, a thought. 
Narration allows you to get out each sentence with the kind of emphasis, the kind of care, the kind of focus that you think the sentence merits. It is an interesting process. I think differently about writing after I narrate it. It informs my thinking about how to communicate in ways that are really surprising. But I love it. I've enjoyed it both times, and I find it to be another way to communicate with the audiences I'm hoping to connect with, and I appreciate the opportunity. The last great audiobook I heard was The Boys in the Boat, and it was a terrific book to hear because it had so many characters and so many qualities that were adventurous and exciting but also very insightful. Hi, this is Torby Maldonado. I wrote my book because a lot of boys who are young growing up worship superheroes. But as boys grow up, some of those superheroes become less or more important to us. And I also went through that journey of realizing that heroes I had worshipped as a boy didn't relate to me and my communities as a 21st century boy with 21st century problems. So I created a boy, Brian, of the book Tight, who finds everyday real ways to be a 21st century superhero. He has a complexity of character, and he's from the communities I represent. He's Afro-Latinx, growing up in a black world also, and he represents Brooklyn. If I had to describe what it was like to record tight in one word, that word would be rediscovery. Rereading out loud forced me to step into the characters' skins and scenes and rediscover feelings and moments that I couldn't rediscover if I just read it in my head. And I don't think I would have been able to rediscover these feelings and these scenes and relive them if I read it out loud to an audience either. It's really intimate when you read an audiobook. Something else that came in that rediscovery process was I learned that day two of recording the book is so much better than day one of recording the book. So I wish I could have just skipped day one and went to day two, warmed up, and then gone back to day one. <laughs> Sometimes people will joke, you know, Luke, you are your father from Star Wars. And I realized in reading the audiobook how much of my mom's pronunciation came out in me. There was a time where I was asked to repeat the word metal because the T couldn't be heard in metal. And that's how my mom pronounces metal. So obviously I have a problem saying metal. I also realized I had trouble pronouncing some of those lyrical long sentences that I created. On paper, it reads really well. As I was doing the audiobook, I felt like I needed to take this super deep sea diver breath. You know, those guys and those women who dive into those tanks and they have to do it on one lung. So I had trouble pronouncing long sentences. I'm really excited to finally give some of the librarians an audiobook. On my first book, Secret Saturdays, in a lot of different places in the country, librarians came up to me and said, I read your book from chapter to chapter as read-alouds, and do you have it on audiobook? So now with tight, I can say, yes, there is an audiobook, and you don't have to strain your vocal cords and go through the process that I went through in terms of recording the book. You can just press play. I'm also excited about the kids' reactions. I hope they react to tight the way they reacted to the first book. I remember being in St. Louis and a boy came up to me and told me he had memorized parts of Secret Saturdays. 
So I'm hoping I hit the target and kids find that they, they really fall in love with the narration. I'm also really excited to give librarians and parents who kept asking me, when is your second book coming out? A second book. You know, finally, there could be something that sits right next to Secret Saturdays. A tight book called Tight. Recently, I was at the Day of Dialogue for the school library journal, and someone had asked me, do I use my students when I write my books? I don't. I sort of feel like that's child labor. However, if I could have my dream narrator, I would ask some of the kids who I kept as pictures in my head when I was writing tight. There's this one boy I taught three years ago, and when I was writing out Brian's part, his image kept coming to me, and it was almost as if he was speaking Brian's words. So I would like to go back and hire some of my students and their relatives to do the narration. If I was balling and I had money and I could hire anyone, this would have to be really expensive because I would need a time-traveling machine. I would have to hire a platinum album artist called Nas, and I would have to time-travel Nas back to when he was age 12 and have him try out for the role of Brian. I find that I listen to a lot of audiobooks that are nonfiction. One of the last great audiobooks that I heard was about a Navy SEAL named David Goggins. His threshold for pain is unbelievable. Oftentimes, as a teacher and as a writer, the lengths that I have to go to do my work requires an excruciating amount of patience and discipline and diligence. But David Goggins, he was able to really push through the pain and push through complexity points. And I found that really valuable. You ever want to be inspired to sit down and finish something that's really tough to do in your craft? Listening to one chapter of that audiobook would really help push you through. This is Heather Juan Tessarero. I was a producer for the CBS Evening News, and I was on assignment producing a piece about Olivia Hallisey when she won the 2015 Google Science Fair. When I went to the shoot, I had no idea that that day was going to change my life because I intended to produce the piece and leave. But when I got to Andy's class, I was absolutely mesmerized by what I saw. And I decided in that moment that I wanted to quit my job and write a book about Andy and his kids, that I would follow them for a year and see what happened. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be thrilling. Why? For one, it's very affirming at the end of writing a book to take the time in a slow manner to read the entire book without the pressure of copy editing and revisions and fact-checking. And also, it just brings you closer to the material and to the characters to have this intimate experience of speaking out loud what they're saying and following the story in this very visceral way. It just really gave me a sense of accomplishment to have the opportunity to be able to record my own book. Oh, yes, there were several words that I realized I did not know how to pronounce. One was vagaries. I said vagaries. But the biggest one that just totally shocked me is detritus. But it's actually not detritus. It's detritus. And it's not a word that I walk around saying, but in my head, I was convinced it was detritus. (laughs) 
So I think I'm just going to avoid ever saying that word aloud for the rest of my life. I hope I captured the emotional experiences of my characters through my narration, that somehow the arc of what they were experiencing and the feelings that they were feeling came through. I worked really hard to try to do that because ultimately I don't want listeners really focusing on me. I want them really trying to live inside the minds and the hearts of the characters. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Reese Witherspoon. Now, that might seem sort of random to cast a Hollywood A-list actress, but Reese Witherspoon voices the animated pig in the children's movie Sing, which is my four-year-old's, one of her favorite movies. And I was so impressed by Reese Witherspoon's, both her singing ability, even though my book doesn't require singing, but I was so impressed with her voicing of this character. And like me, she sort of has a young-sounding voice, so I think she would be fantastic at this. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.